0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Human Predator Pack Meal Podcast. It's me, it's Todd, hey, flying solo again today. I promise I have some guests coming up, I do, uh, but for now, you're going to listen to my sultry voice. Uh, I do, yeah, so I have, um, Michael Easter's going to come back on in a couple of weeks, so that'll be cool because he's had a lot of success with his book and it's been really cool to watch because he's a good dude, he's a great writer, and I think his book is Legitimately, the most impactful book of the year. If, if people read it and, and act on it, so if you actually if you haven't read The Comfort Crisis yet, I would really recommend that to you. And I'm I'm not getting paid to say that. I just really think it's a it's a great book, and I think everybody should read it. Uh, and then I'm having um, the guys from Building the Elite on to talk about training and um, the mental skills work and stuff that they do as they help guys prepare for uh, special operations selections, which you know, mental skills are mental skills and, and being able to deal with difficult situations is important for everybody. Um, and I think it has a direct application for us as we go into the back country and we hunt and we have to deal with all kinds of shit. So, um, I want to have those guys on the talk and I also, well, I like them. They're good dudes. So it will be good to talk to them. Today's podcast, this episode is about nutritional strategy for getting ready to go into the back country in, for hunting season. Um, so full disclosure, I'm not a nutritionist. I, I have nutritional education. I actually started a master's in nutrition and quit because I thought the school was bullshit. <laughs> uh, so that would have been my second master's, which would have been probably stupid and a waste of money anyway. But um, I have a nutrition certification from Precision Nutrition, which is like the, the world-renowned, biggest certifying body, with like the most credibility, well, in the in the in the world. Uh, so I I did that certification in 2014, and I use their stuff exclusively for myself, and we use it mostly with our clients at my gym. And um, so their information solid. Most of of what you're gonna see is like if it's from a credible source in the industry, is probably influenced by uh, precision nutrition. So that's where I get a lot of, that's where I get my information. That's how I act that. And, you know, actually some stuff from the guys at Building the Elite based on my, I uh, use some of their stuff to base my strategy. And also my my good friend, Dr. Mike Roussel who's been on the podcast twice, um, which are great episodes. One about essentially, which we'll talk a little bit about today, about why you don't have to be ketogenic to go into the backcountry, which some people say, that you need to do, which I think is silly, um, and then we have a sub. We have a, an episode on supplements that you know you should actually pay for, um, that are worth buying. So those two episodes are great. So if you want, if you're into the nutrition stuff, you should check those out. So let's get into what we're going to talk about with the nutrition stuff. Two goals t- to to get ready for backcountry uh, nutrition. When I think about this, now I'm not going to talk about like what are you eating in the backcountry all that kind of stuff. What we're going to talk about is prep leading up to to when you leave and how I approach that. So two goals, being able to use your fuel. So there's something called metabolic flexibility and that's how you switch between fuel sources. And one of the biggest problems that people uh, have is that they don't use fat as efficiently as they should, mostly because their aerobic system sucks and they... Just their their nutrition is just out of whack and out of balance, and so they just use fuel in a really strange, odd way. Not odd, just in, in an inefficient way. Um, so that's goal number one. Goal number two is to get used to being hungry and just kind of the, the stress inoculation of that and doing stuff while you're hungry because it's you're going to be hungry at some point if you're hunting hard. There's just... There's just no way for you to put in all of the calories that you're going to spend, especially if you're backpack hunting and you're carrying everything in. I mean, maybe maybe you're killing a few grouse or if you're on the tundra, like some ptarmigan or something to, to kind of supplement what you're eating, but it's really difficult to eat enough food when you're out there. So being able to stay sharp, um, being able to continue to function at a high level every day, both physically and mentally is important because – well, you gotta, you gotta make a decision about whether or not you're gonna kill something. And if your head's not on straight when you're in the place where you're gonna make that kind of decision, that's not a good thing. So it's to train for the mental clarity that we need when we're hunting, but also so we use fuel efficiently. So like, yeah, maybe you come out like a house of fire on, on day one and you kick some ass and you do a bunch of walking and everything's great, but you still have day two, you still have day three, you still have day four. And if you're using fuel efficiently, you're going to be better suited to be able to, to stay in the game and stay on the hunt if you're doing that. So we're going to walk through one, two, three, four, five things that kind of happen in stages that uh, will help you prepare. So the first thing is increasing your daily activity level. I know I talk about this all the time. You probably think I'm a broken record, but it's important. Uh, in this context, Increasing your daily activity level with like light exercise improves your body's ability to metabolize fat. So the step counts are important. So the first thing I'm gonna have, and this is the first thing we have anyone do when they come to our gym and they want to start talking about nutrition, that and, and tracking what they're eating. But like I've talked about in an Instagram post, getting at least seven to seven thousand to ten thousand steps in per day. Drinking at least half your body weight in ounces of water per day, and increasing that based on your activity level, and then sleeping seven hours a night. Ground, ground, foundational stuff that needs to happen. But increasing your daily activity level is going to be step number one because it's going to, first of all, set off usually a catalyst, work as a catalyst, and set off a you know domino effect of of healthier behaviors because you're going to be moving, you you're going to be feeling better. And, and healthy habits tend to beget more healthy habits. So I like to start people there, get moving seven to 10,000 steps a day. It's gonna improve how you metabolize fat and it's gonna make it easier to do other healthy things. Step number two is just gonna be generally taking care of your nutrition and eating like an adult. What does that mean? Well, it's, it's about meal composition. So it's having three to four good meals a day that are composed well so what is a well composed meal so you're looking at i'm, gonna, I'm we're gonna use hand portions because that's the way that pn lays it out and it's a really simple way to do it rather than trying to weigh food and do all that kind of stuff or try to read boxes and because you shouldn't eat a ton of shit out of a box i mean granted first well let's take a step back i'm not into restricting and like punishing yourself because you had a fucking donut if you want to eat the donut eat the donut just realize that it's not supporting your goals as well as it could be, but don't restrict yourself from things because it just is going to backfire on you. and It's not going to work. That being said, eating like an adult is essentially eating three to four well-composed meals a day based on your needs, okay? With no snacks, just eat good meals first. What does that look like? So for there's different portions for men and for women because we're typically different sizes and we need different amount different amounts of fuel. For dudes, protein portion per meal. You're looking at two palms. So if you hold your hands out in front of you flat, look at your palm, put your palms together, and look at them, Maybe with your fingers extended or with them bent but with your palms flat, that's how much protein you need to be eating per meal, about that portion size. That's gonna give you somewhere like, depending on what you're eating, like 40 to 60 grams of protein. We wanna be in that range somewhere per meal. Carbohydrates, two cupped handfuls. So take those flat palms, curl your fingers up, and make a cup with your hand. That's about the portion of carbohydrates that you want per meal. Veggies. Two fistfuls of veggies. And you could probably go above that because they're, they're do they have calories? Yes. But, you know, they're going to help with your feelings of satiety. Obviously, there's a lot of micronutrients and stuff in there that are good for us. So two cupped, or two fistfuls of veggies, typically green ones. But you know, it is good to have variety and eat different colors and all that kind of stuff because different colors mean different nutrients. So two fistfuls of veggies fats two thumbfuls so hold your thumbs out put them together look at them look at your thumbs that's going to be your fat portion fat uh serving for each meal two thumbs worth of fat that's typically going to give you about what you need so that's whether you're looking at how much salad dressing you're using if you're having excuse me some nuts or whatever it might be or your cooking oil, whatever it might be, that's gonna be about the, the portion of fat you wanna to add to your meal. Now, there's gonna be fat in your meat. There's, there's gonna be blends between um, your food sources. They're never all just one thing, but following these portions tends to balance things out the right way. Now, ladies, yours is gonna be just cut that in half. So one palm of, of protein, one cupped handful of carbs, one fistful of veggies, one thumb of fat. Okay? Now, when you're consistently eating this way, that's when we can start to talk about other stuff. I, I, and that's where, you know, if you come back and you're like, okay, well, you're going to have these stages, Todd. Um, how how do I know when I'm supposed to move stages? When you can do things consistently and it's almost like it becomes automatic. Then we'll start talking about um, adding things. And, you know, some people say it's two weeks. Some people let say it's a month. But, you know, when you're consistent, the next thing we want to do is – um add in 12, well, wait to eat. So 12 to 16 hours from your last meal of the day before until your, do your first meal of the next day. There's something called autophagy, which is essentially your cells cleaning themselves out and in, they need 12 to 16 hours without food to be able to do that. So like from a health marker standpoint, that's important, but it also is just, okay, now we're starting to get used to being hungry. Now, if you're one of those people that waits eat anyway, cool, good for you, that's, that's helpful. Um, But if you're someone that needs to get up and eat breakfast right away, this is going to train you to not need that. And as someone that used to become the hangriest person on the planet, I can tell you that uh, doing this, waiting to eat, has improved my mental clarity and my ability to (laughs) regulate my emotions when I'm hungry by tenfold. Because back in the day, man, like it was, you got to eat all the time. And I wanted to be this big, strong guy. So I was eating meals all of the time and all of this food. And it just sets you up for failure when it comes to like, oh, well, you actually have to function when you're hungry or you have to function with less food. Um, So following this process has helped me not be as big of a dickhead when I'm hungry, for one, and for two, just to function better and to to perform better on lower amounts of food, which is gonna happen. So, twelve to sixteen hours from your last meal of the day before until your first meal of the next day, um, just to start getting used to. It's 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 essentially a low-level intermittent intermittent fasting protocol. Now, I'm not gonna say I don't want you waiting sixteen hours every day. I don't I don't think you have to intermittently fast like that to really get the benefit. You can wait longer a few days per week if you want to wait until like 11, 12 to eat, skip breakfast altogether. All but getting to that 12 hour mark is a good thing. I, I usually do like maybe two days per week right now where I um, wait about 14 to 16 hours to eat and then eat in an eight hour window. But you don't have to do that. And, and if you're going to do it, I don't recommend you doing it every day per week because you have to be really dialed in with how many calories you need and, and get used to being able to eat the amount of food in that small of a window to be able to get what you need. So you're likely going to under eat and not get enough calories. Your performance is going to drop and you're going to be like, this bum gardener guy's full of shit. So don't jump right into that. Start with 12 hours. Get used to being able to eat like that. And then make sure that you're eating enough calories to support your training. And then that's like looking back at, um, your uh, the, the hand portions like if you're eating in a smaller window your meals might have to be bigger so you have to look at those hand portions and then compose your meals based on okay well if I was eating this much when I was eating through this window here's how I have to adjust to make sure that I'm getting enough food you know some people say it's like you're gonna eat like 18 to 20 times your body weight and calories so it's like take your body weight multiply it by 18 to 20 and that's how many calories you need so, being able to eat that in a smaller window is going to be difficult if you haven't trained yourself to do it in a, a bigger window. So, start with 12 hours. You can start to work in one or two days a week of 16 hours if you want, and then start to get to, it's like, yeah, two, two or so days is, is probably enough to get what we want. So, like I said, our goals are learning how to metabolize fat better, keep training our bodies to do that, and getting used to being hungry. Those are the two big things that we want to do here and it doesn't take, it doesn't take super extreme measures to do that. As you, if you've listened along for any measure of time, if you work with me, if you've read any of my writing, I'm not into like going to the extremes to get things done because it's usually not necessary and it's usually not helpful. So Living somewhere in this middle ground with this is is a good idea. The only time I don't like the middle ground is when it comes to strength and conditioning where you're doing like high heart rate stuff at the crazy intervals and living in the middle ground of your metabolism because it just usually doesn't work out that well in the end. But for this stuff, we wanna live in the middle ground. So 12 to 16 hours, start with 12. You can work in a couple days of 16. When do we start to work in those days of the 16, eight type window? when you are consistent with the 12 hour window and you're eating enough food, that's when, okay? When you can do that consistently, that's when we can move on. So and, and, and so to take a step back, this is all relative to when you leave for your trip. So wherever you're at um, in this kind of progression, if you weren't there the last time, you've improved. So don't get all bent out of shape if you're like, well, man, I don't have time to get through all of these stages before I leave in August, before I leave in September if you're improving based on this stuff, then you're going to be better than you were last year. So don't get all bent out of shape. I start, I mean, this process is just perpetual for me now. Like I, I don't always do the the intermittent fasting type stuff. I start it in the summer. I usually start it late May, um, early June, but I, I'm likely more fat adapted than most people because I've done this stuff for a while. So my body is doing the things I need to do. I just need to, I don't stay in this cycle all the time because it can become stressful and I on your body, and I just go through cycles throughout the year of eating different ways based on what's going on and, and what I really need. So just to give you some background on that, so you don't think like, well, I don't have time to get into this. Uh, I mean, I have to rush through all this. It's going to take time to adapt anyway. It's just like anything else. You can't force an adaptation by trying to accelerate a process. It's not how shit works, man. So um, just remember that if you're doing any of this and you're moving down the down the chain, you're, you're going to be better than you were the last time. So don't try to rush this process. Be consistent at each stage and then move on. The next thing we're going to think about is light activity during that period when you're not eating. So one of the easiest things to do is to get up. And take a walk before breakfast. It's going to start to train your body to use fat better because when there's nothing in your stomach, your body metabolizes fat. As soon as you introduce carbohydrates, your body is going to switch from fat to carbohydrates and it's going to burn those because it's an easier fuel source. It's ready, it's right in your stomach. It's going to use that. So, this starts to train that pathway of your body metabolizing fat better. So, getting up and just taking a walk even if it's a mile a couple miles take your dog for a walk do whatever just get up at least two days a week and start doing that and then you can start to work into doing it every day and then just the biggest thing is making sure that you're eating enough in your window of when you're eating so that when you start eating after 12 hours you look at that window make sure you're getting enough enough calories into your body so that you recover um, then what we'll do is we'll start adding heavier aerobic training during your fast so like one to two days per week right now as I'm getting ready for my fall hunts I will um I'll go ruck on an empty stomach or I'll do some of my zone two training on an empty stomach so that I further accentuate that ability of my body to use fat for fuel and make that pathway better and then when I get home you know I make sure I eat a a decent uh a meal with a decent amount of fat in it, not overly heavy with the fat, but a decent amount of fat in it. So I further perpetuate training that pathway um, because it's going to help that adaptation. I I say this, there's not like it's a well-reasoned logical argument. There isn't, I can't sit here and say that I can point to this study. That's going to say that, but from knowing what we know about the body, metabolism, fat is a sound practice to be able to do those kind of things, to, to make that decision and eat that way after, um, after going for and doing your aerobic training. So that would be the last stage doing that a couple few days per week, making sure you're getting enough calories in the window that you're going to eat. And then you should be good. Now, as you get close to the biggest thing is th- things to avoid under eating right now. I mean, I, uh, It seems like, well, man, I need to drop some pounds before I I go hunt. Not now, not in it's June right now, Um, and you know we can start hunting in August or September. Excuse me. If you go into like some drastic weight loss right now, your performance is going to tank. You're just you're not going to be able to recover from your training as well as you need to, and you're not going to be prepared for your season. So dropping a few pounds. As you move towards the season, if you need to, could be a good thing um, if, you, if you're if you pretty overweight, but if you're really pushing to lose a bunch of weight right now, your performance is likely going to suffer. So if you're in a little bit of a caloric deficit and you're losing a little bit of weight, you're good. That's okay. But most, most of what we want to see when we do this kind of stuff is our weight doesn't change drastically, maybe a few pounds here or there and our body composition just gets better. So we look a little bit leaner. We, it looks like we're a little bit more muscular. That would be a good place to be. But if you're just dropping pounds like crazy, then you're not in a good place. And if you're gaining weight as you do this, it's obvious that you're overeating. So you got to back something down a little bit. So, but I think the biggest thing is, is making sure you're not like, well, I need to drop 10 pounds before, before August. Maybe if you're, it's tough to say if you, if you're extremely overweight and you want to go try to do this, which you probably aren't if you're listening to this podcast. So if you're in a normal weight range, don't try to lose a bunch of weight right now. This is not the time to do that. Do that after the season, if you really want to lose weight. So that way your body can kind of recalibrate to your caloric needs, to your expenditure, to your ability to recover, all of that kind of stuff. Don't do it right now. If you lose a little bit of weight, that's fine, but don't actively try to lose weight right now. It's going to mess you up. Um, so just to give that and then as you get close to the season is to hunting uh, uh, you could try to base your meals on the the micronutrient macronutrient breakdown that you're going to have in the field so i think it can work um you know that's something that dr rusell and i talked about on our first podcast is looking at like okay so what am i gonna be eating during the day and making sure that you kind of match that so your body is used to using fuel in that way i think that can work i think it could be a really good thing my concern with that is that it's going to get you under eating way too early and you're going to bonk out so i think you could work in a few days of that per week as you get closer to the season but the biggest thing is, is like you don't want to burn through all of your fat stores you don't want to deplete yourself before you head into the field especially if you got some some wicked backcountry hunt where you're you're going in for seven to 10 days, 14 days, you would be doing a bunch of walking. You don't want to go in depleted. That's one of the reasons, you know, I say, I try to keep my body fat somewhere between like 12 and 14% because I know in that kind of range, um, I can perform with endurance. If I start to drop it down too low, I can't perform the same way with my endurance. So um, you can play with that a little bit as the season gets closer, maybe one or two days a week and doing some work and doing some of your rocks or just going hiking with that amount of food so you start to get used to it but you should be able to kind of stick in that within the other five things that we talked about and be in a good place before you head out to hunt so the thing to keep in mind again is if you're doing any of this if you're improving you don't rush the process just stick to the process if your daily activity level was too low leading up and you were just working on your workouts just increasing that's going to make it better just eating like an adult, if you're not eating like an adult right now, is going to make it better. Just getting to 12 hours before you eat is going to make it better. So, and, and just stay in those stages where you can be consistent and then move on. And if you only get to really eating like an adult well before you leave for the season, that's great. You've made progress. And then you know where you need to work on later down the road. Okay, cool. That's all for this episode. I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if you want to do do a guy a solid, make sure you subscribe, okay, and uh, give me a good rating if you so believe I deserve one on whatever uh, podcasting platform that you listen to this podcast on. I'd appreciate that very much. Share it with your friends, tell them what's going on. Let's. Uh, I just I really want to get people ready for the backcountry in the the most evidence based. I'm not going to necessarily just say evidence based in the in the the most optimal way possible. And I want to be that voice for the hunting, I don't know, fucking industry. I guess that's what you call it. And for just hunters that want to go do this and do it well and do it for a really long time. So I appreciate your support. Please share, please like, please subscribe. And if you have ideas that you want, or questions and things that you want to hear about, you want to hear me talk about, just shoot me an email at human predator, pack mule at gmail.com. And I will, as I collect some of those, questions, I will put them together on like a Q&A podcast. Okay, go kick some ass.